Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast for Barton Brooks by Thomas Mann. Chapter 6, the poet is flirting with Mrs. B. Hagia Moron says, the poet is pretty brazen with his reference to Venus Adenoyamini. I don't know how to say this word. Anadiomene. And Vulcan, firstly, Venus Anadiomene conjures up fairly sexualized imagery, as it doesn't just refer to the goddess of love, but when she arises from the sea, born from the churning of Jupiter's semen. Naked, in a giant scallop, which supposedly symbolizes the vulva. Depictions of this throughout antiquity and through the Renaissance are pretty saucy, an idealized form of womanhood coyly but unsuccessfully attempting to hide her bareness. Mentioning Vulcan goes that extra not-so-subtle mile as Vulcan and Venus had a famously unsuccessful marriage, Venus often consorting with her other kinder brother Mars with, until Vulcan caught the two in the act by ensnaring them in a metal net. The poet definitely wants to play the interloping Mars in this relationship. Damn, okay, so he's dropping not at all subtle hints that he's getting in between this marriage. Damn. Star 415 says, Your description made the reference much sexier than what I had in mind and therefore quite bold from the poet for these times. Definitely, yeah. Going right on the limb to go that sexy in that day and age. Swim said the mama fishy said, This is somewhat off topic, but... We are so far six chapters into the dinner party where the food is definitely a large part of the descriptions. Anyhow, I found this. Feel yourself being taken back into the times of Buddenbrooks by enjoying one of the classic Elstad Hotel's all-time favourites, the Buddenbrook menu with its famous national Pluton pudding. Experience the taste, the meal that the Nobel Prize winner and Lubeck native Thomas Mann describes in his novel Buddenbrooks for an autistic authentic cultural touch we can arrange a dramatic reading from the novel the reader will choose passages from Buddenbrooks that correspond to your menu does the above sound fun anyhow Ander knows I am working on a cookbook and invited me to share some recipes that we could cook I'm working on replicating the dinner party menu so sometime in the future we can recreate it in our kitchens if we want while also thinking about everyone's diet preferences and ingredient Restrictions because of where you are in the world or religious constraints. Wow. Swim, that is a cool idea. I love how this idea is just evolving and evolving, and I am all for it. Um, one thing that I've seen done um, is like a cook-along where you arrange a specific time and the host kind of walks through how to cook something but you arrange a specific time and you let everyone know exactly what ingredients they'll need and how much and what utensils you know everything you're going to need to prepare the dish and then we all come online and the host walks us through the cooking of it and we all cook it along with the host in our own homes i've seen that done and it can go disastrously and it can also be really awesome uh but it's either way a lot of fun so maybe we should do a cook-along swim. Maybe we should do that. And, um, you know, we can we can record it as a Zoom meeting. We host it as a Zoom meeting or whatever you, whatever it is, Zoom or what have you. <clears throat> um, and then record it and we'll put that recording up on the, uh, on the subreddit as well. That could be fun, hey? Something like that. I reckon if we do do that, we should go for a dish which is fairly simple. Just a few ingredients and, and easy to make. 
to start with. Anyway, you're getting my you're getting ideas going in my head, Swim, and I love it. Zoo Hock said, Pastor Wunderlich said, To the Buddenbrook family, both present and absent, may long may they prosper. Absent, the consul thought, while returning a bow to the glasses lifted in his honour, does he just mean those in Frankfurt or perhaps the douche-chabs in Hamburg, or does old Wunderlich have something else in mind? What do you make of this? Star 415 says, Something else in mind, do you think some members of the family are estranged from this branch? Maybe the other son, hoping we get to meet the extended family in Frankfurt? Uh, Rail jinxing about says, My guess is the consul's thinking about Gotthold. Not sure what the priest would have to do with him, though. Yeah, maybe it's a subtle jab at the um, at the Step family, you know, or his first family, I should probably say. Something along those lines. Anywho, all right. Um, enough talk. Let's read, which is also talking in a way. But uh, what are we up to here? Chapter seven. Excuse me while I just scroll through the pages to get to jump to chapter seven. And let's hope I don't accidentally... You know what I did? I, apparently I read book 10, chapter 5, when I was meant to read chapter 5. So I scrolled accidentally, literally like 80% through the book. Anyway, this here is chapter 7. goes like this. The general merriment had now reached its height. Her coppin felt a great need to unfasten a few buttons of his waistcoat, but it obviously wouldn't do, for not even the elderly gentlemen were permitting themselves the liberty. Lebrecht Kroger sat up as straight as he did at the beginning. Pastor Wunderlich's face was as pale as ever. His manner as correct. The elder Buddenbrook had indeed sat back a little in his chair, but he maintained perfect decorum. There was only Justus Kroger. He was plainly a little overtaken. But where was Dr. Grabal? The butter, cheese and fruit had just been handed round and the Frau Consul rose from her chair and unobtrusively followed the waitress from the room. For the doctor, Mamsel Jungmann and Christian were no longer in their places and a smothered wail was proceeding from the hall. There, in the dim light, little Christian was half lying, half crouching on the round settee that encircled the central pillar. He was uttering heart-breaking groans. Ida and the doctor stood beside him. Oh dear, oh dear, said she. The poor child is very bad. I'm ill, Mama. Damn deal, whispered Christian. His little deep-set eyes darting back and forth and his big nose looking bigger than ever. The damned came out in a tone of utter despair and the Frau Consul said, If we use such words, God will punish us by making us suffer still more. Dr. Grabau felt the lad's pulse. His kindly face grew longer and gentler. It's nothing much, Frau Consul, he reassured her. A touch of indigestion. He prescribed in his best bedside manner. Better put him to bed and give him a Dover powder, perhaps a cup of chamomile tea to bring out the perspiration, and a rigorous diet, you know, Frau Consul. A little pigeon, a little French bread. I don't want any pigeon, bellowed Christian angrily. I don't want to eat anything, ever, any more. I'm ill, I tell you, damned ill. The fervor with which he uttered the bad words seemed to bring him relief. Dr. Grabau smiled to himself, a thoughtful, almost melancholy smile. He would soon eat again, this young man. He would do as the rest of the world did. His father 
and all their relatives and friends. He would lead a sedentary life and eat four good, rich, satisfying meals a day. Well, God bless us all. He, Frederick Gabal, was not the man to upset the habits of these prosperous, comfortable tradesmen and their families. He would come when he was sent for, prescribe a few days' diet, a little pigeon, a slice of French bread, yes, yes, and assure the family that it was nothing serious this time. Young as he was, he had held the head of many an honest burger who had eaten his last joint of smoked meat, his last stuffed turkey, and whether overtaken unaware in his counting house, or after a brief illness in his solid old four-poster, had commended his soul to God. Then it was called paralysis, a stroke, a sudden death, and he, Friedrich Grabau, could have predicted it on all of these occasions when it was nothing serious this time, or perhaps at the times when he had not even been summoned, when there had only been a slight giddiness after luncheon. Well, God bless us all, he, Friedrich Grabau, was not the man to despise a roast turkey himself. That ham with onion sauce had been delicious, hang it, and the pleton pudding, when they had already stuffed full macaroons, raspberries, custard, a rigorous diet for our console, as I say, a little pigeon, a little French bread. Alright, that's chapter 7, apparently. Uh... Okay, so who was that that got sick? Justice? The child. Cool. Alright. Someone's got indigestion slash is sick. Uh, Okay, have your say about that chapter over on the subreddit, and I'll see you tomorrow.